0: Today and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: Today, my name's Lloyd Grolemann. I'm the Aussie pastor. Welcome to the show today. And again, last few days, it doesn't know whether to shine the sun or whether for the clouds to come and rain. The weather has just been all over the place. But I'm glad you're here. Kind of glad you're here too, Hunty. Mate, always good to be here. Always good to be here. Always. Welcome to the program today, Thanks, mate. Welcome to our listeners. Yeah, we've got a good program today, We actually. do. We've got Hensley Gungadu. Yes. Now, he's a lecturer, a theology. That sounds big, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Theology. Theology. He teaches young men and women how to be pastors. Yep. That's what he does at Avondale University. A very wise man. <laughs> yeah, he is, and he's going to talk about with us, I reckon, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it is the best subject you can ever talk oh, about. Now I'm interested. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to asking him these questions, hearing what he has to say. Ever heard of John Bunyan? Yes. Probably wrote the most famous book other than the Bible and all of Christianity. You know what it's called? Um, Pilgrim's Progress. Very good, Mr Hunt. You're on fire today, mate. (laughs) Have you actually read it? No. Well, maybe. I think it was compulsory when I was at school, which means I would have read the first and last page. I remember it having a huge... (laughs) I, I remember it having a huge... Well, I'm a reader. You're a reader, aren't you? No man, manuals, no. tech bulletins, no, journals. <laughs> yeah, no, you you watch TV. You're more video man. Visual, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm a reader. I'm kind of glad I'm a reader too. And I probably read Pilgrim's Progress th- just an inc- three or four times. Incredible story. Wow, it's an allegory actually. And we're going to look at the guy who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan. Mm-hmm. He's born back in the 1600s. Kind of had a sad life, actually. Is that with our one of our favourite guests? Yeah, Harold Harker. Nice. He's back. He's been away on holidays. He's back. How dare he leave us? Oh, he's soon to go on holidays (laughs) again. Like like really, uh, Hunty is going to America soon on a junket. I might add. I'm taking a week's holiday. Total junket, and it's more than. They're not paying me. So ten days. He's off to St Louis, and I'm going to make sure that every single one of those days is taken out of his holidays. Because listeners, (laughs) I'm not. What am I not? Uh, not fair. Not happy. <laughs> not that I'm not going. I'm just not happy. Oh, He's that's going. Right. Greenbone. <laughs> nah, nah. I don't want. He's actually going to a, um, a meeting uh, where most of the people there will be geriatric. Let me explain. Now, now there's nothing let, wrong. Let, well, just, no, before you go, just before you go, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being geriatric because I'm about to click over into that group. Yeah, of you people. are. You're about to join him Yep. Nothing wrong with that.
2: <laughs> let no. me tell you what I'm doing. The Seventh Day Church is one of the few churches in the world that has voting for its top officers. Okay, and every five years That's they have nice. they have a big old voting session. Yes, and yes. this year they're yes. doing it via yes. thousands upon thousands of people on Zoom meetings. Uh. And guess where I'll be? The epicenter <laughs> of the stress <laughs> and I
1: loving hope, it. I hope you put on weight over there. Oh dear. <laughs> The reason we say that is every time we go to the US, not that we go that much, but we've been a couple of times doing the work of the law, filming over there mostly. We've, man, I've had some fun filming stuff over there. You know what I've learned? They put sugar in their bread. Well, every time we go over there, we put on weight. (laughs) They put sugar in their milk. You and me are not the sort of guys to put on weight. (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) Because you're going, you know why I don't want him to go, listeners? Because I want him to stay home here and work. This is a very, very busy time for Aussie pastor ministry at the moment, and uh, he is needed. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, let's not talk any more about that. Hunty. Yes. Um, ask been the Aussie prayer. Par- what no, you reckon? Too no. early, too early. You're, you're jumping the gun, bro. I'd like to jump
2: the gun. I'd like to get uh, things moving. Ask the Aussie pastor. Yeah, it's going to be good. I've got a few questions in already. Is it too late to get questions? No, and if you'd like to uh, add your questions to this afternoon's discussion, you can email them to us in the address info at aussiepastor.com or you can text them to us on 0488-880-851.
1: What if they are listening to a repeat here? Uh, still because send us your
2: questions. S- we'll get them and we'll play them. We'll use them next time.
1: This program is live, but often, often it's repeated on Faith FM. So if they send them, as you just said... We would put them on a program coming up. Absolutely. I was going to say, I don't think we've ever had a question come in and we haven't answered it. No, touch wood. You've answered every question so far. Well, listeners, we're glad you're with us today. Stick with us. This is going to be a good program. I think before we get into it, we'll pray. Yes. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you'll be with us now as we open this radio show. There's some pretty important stuff we're going to talk about today, and we need your presence and I just pray, Lord, that as people listen, that they will just get a little snapshot of how beautiful you are. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: I think this next song might be one of my favourites, hunty. It's a beauty. Of all time. Really? Yeah. That's a big call. Well, when I first heard it, I thought, we can sing this in church. And then I asked my wife, and she said, oh, no, it's too hard to sing in church. Mm -hmm. But I said, but if I can sing it, because I sing along. You know, I do sing along. One of the things I do for worship, I should say this, I have worship every morning and every night, Yep, Bible study prayer, especially at night. I'll put my earphones on. I can't put them on at the moment because they've disintegrated on me. Worn them out. I am waiting for spare parts for my earphones. (laughs) But I'll put them on, and I'll sing the songs. And this is one of the songs I sing. And I said to Lizzie, my wife, can't we have this in church? Said, nah, it's too hard to sing. But I said, I can sing it. If I can sing it, anybody, nah, nah, it's not a congregational oh, song. Your wife but has spoken. It's a beautiful song. We can play it for you this afternoon. Yeah, could, I could never praise him enough from one of my favourite groups, Greater Vision. A song, beautiful song, honey. Mate, you're right. Yeah, I really enjoy that. I forgot to turn my microphone on again. There, mate. What's <laughs> that one nil to you today? <laughs> uh, every time there's a song on, I mute my mic so that I don't make noise. That's it. Uh, he was singing along, listeners. I promise you it sounded good too, didn't it? I actually really, really like that song. Un- I literally unmuted you while you were singing just for fun. So what happens when I'm doing worship? I kind of got distracted before. I'll do some Bible study and read that, which means I'm reading my Bible. But before I actually spend some time singing, and I've said this before, I cannot sing for nuts. But you know what? When I'm singing, I've got my, I've got my earphones on, hunty. Yep. I can't hear myself. Now, the whole house can, <laughs> but their family, my wife and my two boys that are still at home, that's okay. They can listen to They don't like it. But I'm singing sweet, sweet music to God. And you know what? When I'm down and I'm discouraged and I put a song on like that, I could never praise him enough. It lifts me, because I'm in the presence of God, and I'm singing praises to him, Yep. and that's what it does. So music is very much an important part of my Bible study, and if it's not a part of yours, if you've ever, look, if you're not reading the Bible, get into it and do it. Do it morning and night. It'll it'll change your life. Why? Because you're going to come into contact with Jesus. But when you're doing it, do a bit of singing. Find some good songs like that on the internet. Google them up. Uh, Gaither does some good ones, Hunty. Mm -hmm. Um, Heritage. These guys, Greater Vision, Heritage Singers, mm-hmm. there's good Maranatha music. They beautiful. do beautiful music. Fountain View Academy. Oh, yeah, my favourites. Fountain View Adventist School in Canada putting out really good music. Hey, I wanted to pray, play that song I've been playing for the last few weeks again. No. <laughs> but I, I thought, oh, better not. I got, this, I got this tendency to kill music when I find a song I like. Same. I'll play them to death too. Yeah, and then I don't listen to them again for another ten years. Nah. Anyway... um News. Time for the news, indeed. It's not hard to find grim news at the moment, Hunter. Out oh, there in the world, there's a lot of it. This one: Finland joins NATO. Wow. I don't, don't know how much you know your history. Do you know? No. Do you know anything about the history of Finland? Not very bad. Well, let me educate. Okay. Feels good. To say that. Actually, I educated myself in the last <laughs> few days. Finland actually was a part of the Russian Empire. Wow. Until World War II, they kind of, well, it wasn't until, after World War I, it they seems they broke. Now, don't get on to me, listeners, if i got the history wrong. i tried my best. So they broke three after World War I and became their own nation, but Russia attacked them just before World War II, at the beginning of World War II, and the Finnish actually fought a great, can never fight a great war, but they their resistance was great, a little bit like the Ukrainians at the moment. Mm-hmm. They got their freedom. And they've been free ever since. But they've stayed, because they've got an 800-mile-or-more border with Russia, they've stayed neutral and they have not joined NATO. Right. But. And, and the percentage of Finnish people didn't want to join NATO. But, but, and it's a big but, mm-hmm. the Ukraine war. Yes. has changed. And they've gone from about 30% of the population want to join NATO to something like 80%. Wow. And they announced yesterday they're joining NATO. That's nice. Well, it's upset the Russian president, Putin. I heard he was sick and dying of cancer. Um, I don't think anyone knows the answer to that. Okay, uh, Rumour has it, but how would you know? How would you know? It's not it? like he's announcing it. But what I noticed is it seems like in Europe, nations are lining up. Yep. And i will said it before on this radio program, and I'll say it again. This looks eerily like what it was like politically at least before world war 1 different players yep but eerily like and i've said it before and i'm going to keep saying it unless god intervenes i reckon we're headed for world war 3 yeah and i don't think that's too bigger too bigger a, a prediction headed for world war 3 but god is good god is merciful and he might yet Withhold the winds of, of strife We hope and pray he does, Hunty Because if we go into World War 3 War, War We'll be seeing stuff like we've never seen before You know, people. a lot of people are concerned about that In fact, the most popular Google search today Is World War 3 Which is why this week, Hunty You and I yep. are going to do a television program on it Yeah, okay If you want to watch our television programs Where would you go? Aussie Pastor Facebook page Or AussiePastor.com Or the
2: Aussie Pastor YouTube channel Which one do you like? What's I, like, I like Dolly oh, you Pasty YouTube channel because... You and me both. ...the quality of the picture is superior. Yeah, we're YouTube... In full HD, it's glorious. We're
1: YouTube men. Yes. I even pay to be on YouTube. Do you? I think it's like $13 a week so I don't get ads. Wow. I really... A week really, or a month? That's a good question. I bet it's a month. Okay, thank mm. you. Mm. You know more about social media than me. <laughs> this next news item really disturbing... Another massacre in the United States of America. Yep, but what disturbs me with this one, it seems to be racially motivated. Can you imagine killing people because they're a different color, or a different race, or a different culture than you? It's disgusting. It just shows you how far the world has fallen when people do this, and they have always done it. The thing is, and I'm telling you this, listeners, we are all one race, the human race. Mm. We are all yeah, all indigenous what, to the earth. What? Ties us together is far more than what separates us. And this boy's gone across two or three counties. It seems like Put his camera on. Yeah, he live-streamed it. Mm-hmm. It seems like he, he'd planned this for some time and he's gone into a shopping centre in Buffalo, which is a particularly um, black uh, African-American area and mm. shot up a whole lot of people. He He... He survived himself. He's been arrested. But it just made me so sad that someone would would hate someone else so much because of their colour. Mm. And I do struggle with it, Hunty. I struggle with racism probably because when you look at my house, oh, man. I'm married Nations. to an Indonesian girl. Yep. We have two sons who are full of Chinese blood. Yes. I have two daughters who have indigenous blood in them yep. as well yep. as a whole lot of other stuff. Yep. My wife is Indonesian, and I'm pretty much a bit... I'm Aussie. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit of everything. i got German and English and Scottish and Irish and Welsh and Swiss. My name, Grollermund, is Swiss. Did Uh, you know that? Yep, I did, actually. Yeah, it comes from a little village outside of Basel in Switzerland. I went back to Switzerland. Have you been to Switzerland? I have loved it. I, I felt nothing when I went back there. Well, well so that I, doesn't surprise me. You know well, why? Well, my great grand I'm so far down the road, my great-grandfather <laughs> came out here in, in the 1800s. So I'm not Swiss, I'm Australian. But the, the thing is, I'm a mixture. So when you look at my family, what are we? Notice how I moved on from yes. a little... I'm, I'm, headed Where sa- I'm headed into safe ground for you. You are. You, you know why... Um, I can back it up, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll keep moving here. You, you, you know why... Um, uh, um, it, for us in our family, it matters because we're just everything. Mm. We're a mixture of everything. Yep. We love each other. I yep. love, man, I love my Indonesian wife. Yeah, I love her brown skin. I love her brown eyes. I love her black hair. I love her phys- slender physique. I I love how she looks and I love how she is. And she looks the opposite to me. I'm a little fat white boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're very blessed. <laughs> but you know what? We're both human. Pumping, that's we it. actually have the same blood type. I have right. positive. positive. Yeah. We have the same initials, LMG. Um, Our grandfathers have the same name. It's amazing. Hmm. So I love my wife. I love my family. And, and that's why this makes me so sad. Hmm. And I'm so glad that Australia not always but generally escapes this sort of stuff. It's ugly. It's awful. Awful. America's it's averaging about one massacre a day this year so far. Yeah, it's not good. Hmm. It's not good make you want... I mean, you imagine if um, over there in Buffalo you had lost somebody who mm. you, you love for no other reason than they've got a different colour than the shooter. Yeah. Senseless stuff. Indeed. Sign of the times. Mm. This, la- this last grim news, and then I've got one good news story, um, and this is grim, Andrew Simons. Yeah, so sad. Passed away. It seems
2: like the Australian... Cricket fraternity has, has been hit hard this year.
1: Well, we've lost Rod Marsh, yep. Shane Warne, yep. and now and Andrew, Andrew Simons. And I'm a bit of a cricket tragic myself. Mm. Just makes you realise, doesn't it? I mean, here he is, larger than life, Yep. Uh, just filled a contract with Fox Sport. Two small kids, did you know that? Yeah. Beautiful wife. Got the life going. I guess, I, I don't know, but I guess life's pretty good for him. Mm. very famous cricketer, famous face, and uh, just gone like that.
2: Yeah, they're not saying what the cause of death is yet, but I'm well, guessing from a, the skid a, marks. It's a road accident. Yeah, single it? vehicle road accident. Kangaroo? Um, my guess he was swerving to miss something, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of kangaroos out there.
1: Okay. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe only God will ever know, but I think the thing that that impacted me again was that life is often fragile. Yes, and you just don't Treasure each day. You do. And, and again, mm. actually brought home to me the importance of having Jesus as your saviour. Because if you do die, you've got a future. Amen. Jesus is the only one who can give you a future. That's it. And this good one, and it is a good one, hunty. Mm. I, I like this one. I'm trying to give one good news story because everything's so bad, isn't it? Mm. Pancreatic cancer, which is one of the worst cancers you could can have. And if you're out there with that cancer, God bless you. Mm. Cannabis-derived drug eliminates 100% of pancreatic cancer cells in experiments. Can you believe that? That's pretty good. 100%. That's a good number. But what does it mean,
2: cannabis-derived drug? Well, I guess they've taken the, the active enzymes in cannabis into the laboratory and done some scientific
1: magic. So is that the same cannabis as people smoke, or is it a different cannabis, or you don't know? Cannabis comes from marijuana, right, from the from the plant? I don't know. Cannabis oil, oh, no. CBD oil comes from marijuana leaves. Does it? Does it? Maybe one of our listeners. Can... All right,
2: someone, zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. if you can tell us where
1: um, cannabis comes from. I I, I I read the article through. It doesn't say a lot about that. I'm pretty sure cannabis comes from the same plant that marijuana does. Yep. yep. Uh, in fact, cannabis or, or cannabis-derived medicines are quite distinct from cannabis that people smoke. Correct. Um have been doing wonders with people with arthritis. Yes. And all sorts of, all, all sorts of terrible diseases. So it does seem to be a wonder drug and here it is. And, and, and of course they're experimenting and it ha- it's not mm. out yet and so don't, if you are suffering this, I guess you can't run off and get it straight away because it's got to go through a whole lot of tests and then, you know, through um, all the government provisos. But it's looking good that these cannabis medicines actually kill And pancreas cancer is bad. Pancreatic cancer cells. That's good news, isn't it? That is good news. However... Well, you look at the news today. Finland joins NATO. Wars and rumours of wars. Massacres in the USA without natural affection. Andrew Simons dies. The fragility of life. Yep. You look at these things. What do you do? You look look up. up. You look what direction? Up. And east. Remember that Jesus... Well, what do you look east? Because you got it. That's the way he's coming back. Yeah, Jesus soon will be back.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: This is one of those songs, Hunty, that I found. I did find this song for New Hope, our church. Hey, yes. if you wanted to come to church this Sabbath, you should come to New Hope. If you live in northwest Sydney or you're visiting in northwest Sydney, I'm inviting you to one of the best worship experiences you can have on the planet. That's it. New Hope Adventist Church. Yes, come meet the Aussie pastor. We're I in will, Quakers Hill. Yeah, I will be there. And church starts at 10 o'clock. We do Bible study at 10 o'clock. Yep. Pretty hot. Yep. Uh, and then we follow that up with family worship. And it's good. Good music. Good music. There's a good preacher this week, Pastor Dwayne. Nice. He'll be preaching in the house down. I'll be there. Uh, I mean, if you come, come and say good day to me. And if you, uh, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm the little, <laughs> little fat guy who's <laughs> no,
2: I shouldn't Look, say. let that. me tell you where we are. We're behind the alley. We're in Four Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. And you are most welcome. You will, I guarantee, if you come, you'll have a good time
1: and stay for lunch. That's it. We have a beautiful vegetarian lunch, mostly vegetarian. Yes, it's always vegetarian. Oh, good. I think once we, someone brought some, someone snuck something some in. chicken or something or other that disappeared in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Instantly went. Yeah, people inhaled. Yeah. But generally, it's vegetarian. Yes. Um, Delicious. I'm a vegetarian. A lot of Adventists are vegetarian. Yep. Hunty's generally a vegetarian. Generally. And if you come search out Hunty, he'll be on the tech desk. You'll see him. Yep. Or say good day to Hunty. say good day. Yeah, you can't miss me either. Yep. Uh, and we, we would just love to see you at church. Now, this song, um, Yet Not I But Christ. I found this, and I thought, what a beautiful song. We'll sing this at church. Then I found out, and I've seen this on the radio before, and we've played this before. One of the girls who's in the group that sings this, City of Light, yeah. uh, um, the song's called Yet Not I But Christ, is my son's teacher. Nice. Amazing, isn't it? It is not it Tis. I think you're going to like this song, Small though. world. Yeah, it's a beautiful song, Yet Not I But Christ. Gungadoo. Did I say that last name right?
4: Very well. Welcome to, I mean, I want to say hello to your listeners too, yeah. Um, you know, Gungadu is a bit like Grolamond. <laughs> yes, very close. Gungadai yeah. also.
1: <laughs> Grolamond. Uh, when, when, when people ask me, how do, you spell your, how do you say your last name or I've got to fill out a form, I just spell it. I don't even bother anymore trying to tell them what it is. I don't know whether Gungadu is like that. Just remind us, where is Gungadu from?
4: Well, we are from, um, I am from Mauritius. Yeah. Um, my great-grandfather came from India.
1: So Gangadu is an Indian name or Mauritian or a bit of both?
4: Well, you see, I did a search on Gangadu and there's done in India. So it's found around the world, yeah, America, England, France, uh, Australia and Mauritius. So mainly in Mauritius. Yeah. So from Mauritius, they branch off.
1: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, the, the bottom line is we're from all over the place in this great country of ours, aren't we? We are. That's what makes Australia is. great. It is, and we have all these strange names, and I think because we're such a uh, a fruit salad, a mixing bowl of different nationalities and cultures, it's, it, it has made us uh, uh, very rich,
4: hasn't it, really, in
1: the way we work with each other.
4: Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, go. No, no, I mean, it has made us rich. It has made us appreciate... Other people's culture, other people's food, uh, other people's traditions. So it's made us very rich. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you like Indian food? That's my favorite.
1: <laughs> A
4: better question is, do you know how to cook Indian food? Uh, I know how to cook Indian food, but the best Indian cook that you will ever meet is my wife. Wow. Okay. Actually, I've got an invitation, don't I, Hensley Stanley yes, in invitation. You yeah, you do. In I fact, do. in fact. Hunty, I'll tell you, yeah. I cannot go to a restaurant and find food that's better than my wife's
1: food. You know, I was in Fiji. and there's this is a, lot a good of husband Indian, points. Yeah, they are. I was in Fiji and there's a lot of Indians over there in Fiji. Yes. So, you know, I was working and there was an Indian beautiful people who lived next door to us. Mm-hmm. And the wife said to me one day, we we're going up to do some work in the mountains. And she said, look, I will send lunch for you. I said, oh, okay. She said, I'll send you These rotis, you know what a roti is, of course. Yes, I make roti. Yeah, well, these had do do rotis have different fillings or is it always pumpkin? No, 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 different. Yeah. Well, this was a this was filled with pumpkin, and I. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really like pumpkin, but I did something very foolish that day. I forgot to bring my water with me. Now, here's the thing: (laughs) I'm an Aussie boy, and these were a beautiful Indian couple, and she made me three rotis when I was young. Fellow, I could. I can inhale three rotis easy. I took a huge bite out of the first one, and guess what I tasted? Chili. It was hot, man. Hot. Must have been. I. I thought it was chili and pumpkin rather than pumpkin and chili. Now I'm an Aussie boy. I'm not used to hot food. I, I really am not used to hot food. And I tell you, my mouth was on fire and I, but, but they, that was so delicious. I worked through those chilies and ate the whole thing, but man, was I thirsty. And when we got up to the mountains where we were, I think I just about drank the stream dry. Was, <laughs> <and I> was,
4: <laughs> so I'm not used to, I'm not used to the chilies. Do you, do you go well on the chilies? I go. My wife goes better, but I do go well on chilies. I love my food hot.
1: My wife eats chilies so hot that she's sweating. Do you do that?
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My wife tasted the world's hottest chili the other day. And how did she go? Well, she had it on an empty stomach, so she struggled. She had to have some milk and and sugar to kill the the heat. So is that how you get rid of the heat? If you ever eat a chili accidentally, drink milk? Milk and, and sugar. I never knew that. Together. And does that fix it straight away? Yeah, yeah. Straight away. Uh, the milk will give lining to your stomach and the sugar will take away the heat.
1: Sometimes when I've accidentally eaten a chili, I can barely breathe. That's what I'm like with the chilies. Mm. Yeah, well, chilies or not, we're glad to have you here today. And we're going to talk about what I, really my favorite person in all the Bible. Maybe my favorite, not maybe, he is my favorite person in all the world, in all my life, and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. A lot of Aussies don't know a lot about Jesus. They have heard of him. Yes. They have a rough idea. But I just wanted to perhaps today um, just look very briefly at his life and then perhaps in the next few weeks come back and look at a few more stories about Jesus who give us a better idea who he was because he was incredible, wasn't he?
4: Oh, he was really incredible, very well-known, very you know, countercultural.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: He's our prophet.
1: He's our God. He's everything. So I, I thought I'd ask you a few questions. Would that be okay? That would be okay. Yes. Okay. Hensley, and you can just share with us a bit of, about this Jesus that you know too. Um, first question, I think it's a good one to start off on. Was Jesus really a historical figure? Can we,
4: you know, was he really there or is he just a myth? So here's it. It is. Eh? It's, that's my bread and butter to yep. be able to uh, learn whether people of the past are historical figures or not. That's my bread and butter. That's what I read about every day. That's what I do. So the question that I ask myself is, what are the rules that I have to establish that somebody like Alexander the Great is historical?
2: Okay, good, good.
4: Okay, so so when I find the rules to establish that somebody like Alexander the Great is historical, then I can apply it to Jesus and find out whether he's historical or not. Now, the rule that I have comes from the ancient world itself. So from the ancient world, Herodotus had a rule. If somebody talks about a person twice, I mean, if you have two uh, testimonies from different sources about a person, then you know it's historical. That's the way Herodotus was able to differentiate, differentiate between a mythological person and a historical person. And
1: and just before you go any further, he really did have to differentiate between the two often too because the Greeks and, and the, the Romans, the, all those ancients used to
4: really mix the gods and these mythical yes. people up with real people. Yes, yes. Like, for example, if you read Homer, Homer is mythical. Yeah. So the question uh, that Herodotus said is that how can I differentiate between a, 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 a mythical person And a historical person. So he says, if I have two sources that talk about the same thing that that person has done or said, then I know it's historical. So tell us about Jesus and the sources. Well, Jesus has more than 16 sources. Outside of the Bible? Well, outside of the Bible, you have Josephus and Tacitus. So we have two sources outside of the Bible, and how many inside the Bible? Sixteen. So is that 18, or is it 16 all up? Well, uh, look, let let me put things in perspective for you. Within the first century of the life of Jesus, we have 16 sources. Okay, good. For Alexander the Great, 400 years after Alexander the Great lived, we have about five sources.
1: So there's a lot more sources for Jesus than there is for
4: Alexander the Great. No one doubts Alexander the Great's existence. No, no one doubts Alexander's great existence. And we have 16 sources within the lifetime, within a hundred years of Jesus. That's an overkill. You know? okay. That's an overkill.
1: Tell me about those two historical sources outside of the Bible just for a moment.
4: Well, you, you have Josephus, and then you have Tacitus. Who were they? So, jo- so Josephus is a Jewish historian. I don't know uh, if you've read, read a little bit about Josephus. Josephus wrote about the Jewish wars, and different aspects of Jewish life and Jewish history. And Tacitus is a Roman writer, not a Christian at all. Uh, and he wrote and talked about, you know, the different people that are believing in a person named Christ, Christus.
1: Actually, Josephus lives pretty much somewhere around the time of Christ too. He, yeah. was, uh, he was a Jew, but he was actually on the Roman side at the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70, correct?
4: He was very much so on the Roman side, so he wanted to bring them closer to Rome.
1: Yeah, yeah, but a very credible source, there's no doubt about that.
4: Yeah, yeah, two very credible sources. Nobody in the ancient world will tell you that Josephus is not a credible source and nobody will tell you that Tacitus is not a credible source. They are both very credible sources, giving us a good perspective of ancient history.
1: Would most modern historians acknowledge that a person... Jesus did exist
4: Yes uh, there, there are three facts That cannot be denied about Jesus First he lived, second he died And thirdly that he appeared To Peter and Paul, these are three things That cannot be denied
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah Very Three powerful things too Let's mm. talk about Jesus a bit when he was on the earth How famous do you think Jesus was When he was living and walking around Israel um, 2000 years ago
4: uh, when you look at what Jesus did, he went to a town called uh, uh, Capernaum in Galilee, a town that you and I have both visited. Now that we, we loved it there too.
1: It's, we loved actually, it there. When beautiful. I went there, I I said to Hunty, "I can see why Jesus hang around this town because yeah. it's right on the Sea of Galilee, and it really
4: is beautiful. It's there. beautiful."
1: Not that really that's beautiful. the reason Jesus was there. This is actually home territory for Jesus, because it wasn't far
4: from Nazareth, correct? Well, it wasn't far from Nazareth, but another thing is that uh, Capernaum was on the road uh, from the ancient world, like Babylon and so on, yeah. to Jerusalem, to Egypt. So it was a, a major a ma- ma- major highway. And so um, Jesus was there to make sure his message went around the world, is that that, that that's that's about it you know so he was there to make sure the the message went around the world yeah. now uh, how famous was he let me give you an example he makes a miracle and people eat they, they they are fed and there are 12 baskets left over straight after that they want to make him king now he feeds them at a time when people were not eating to 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 to, to their hunger Mm. People go, went to bed hungry. They didn't have enough to eat. It was so a they, time of need. It was a time of need. So he, he, the, the, the people ate to their full content, and there was 12 baskets left over, and right there and then they said, we want to make him our king. So he was pretty famous.
1: Would most people in those
4: days living in Israel have known of a man Jesus? Um, a lot of them would have heard about him. He had a a big following to the point that the leaders in Israel wanted to kill him.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that.
4: Yeah, he threatened the status quo of the nation of Israel. Did he have much impact on the Jews during his life? Yes. Most of his first converts were Jews. His first disciples were all Jews. Um, When he went to Jerusalem, after his death, and maybe later on you'll talk to me about his resurrection. They said that the message of Jesus filled up Jerusalem. We yes. know that there were about 20,000 converts in Jerusalem. Now, you've been to Jerusalem. You know that it's a compact city, yeah. 20,000 people there. Oh. That's you know known it, by yeah, everyone.
1: Yeah. It shook Jerusalem to its very foundations, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. Well, we, we've looked at the fact that he's famous and that he did have a pretty big impact on the local people of his time. This question, I think, is an important one, too. Was he popular or unpopular among the local people of Israel?
4: Well, it depends. He was unpopular about the, uh, with the leadership, but very popular among the people. Remember, he had a message for the poor. He had a message for the marginalized. People that were, were considered as, as stricken by God, as, as cursed by God, w- were following him. Women were following him. Women was, were, were taking her, their, their money. To support his ministry, it was very popular,
1: yeah. He was, and that interestingly, that's in a time where women weren't really rated that highly, too. And a time when women didn't have money, yeah. So, so what mm-hmm. you're telling me is he, he was popular, and you've kind of answered one the question I was going to ask you next what sort of people are attracted to Jesus? Are you saying it's the, the poor and the down and outers, or was his attraction right across the breadth of society?
4: Well, uh, his attraction was quite. Quite quite big. For example, uh, Nicodemus was a, a Pharisee, member of the Sanhedrin. Um, you had uh, the wife of, I think. Well, know, well, just before you
1: go on there, Nicodemus, a member of the Sanhedrin. What's that mean? He was he was part of the ruling class. Is, am I going? Yeah, to yeah, that?
4: part of the ruling class in Jerusalem. Okay, and then you you get sorry, move on to the next. Yeah, there were p- women, famous women that 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 were following Jesus. But 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 well, even before you, you go on from there, even Potiphar's yeah. wife, yeah, he was what the governor, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his
1: his message and his life and his ministry take that back. <laughs> yeah, the best you <laughs> did. <do>. You know, <laughs> what, I, now that I'm getting off the topic, but I do want to say this. I often wish I could go back to college and sit at the feet of learned men like and women like yourself. I would better appreciate it now. Do you know what I mean? Than when I did when I was a young fella
4: you got know, a whole lot of other things going on when you're young. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the, 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 the interesting thing for me is that when I am in class, yeah, I learn yeah. from the students also. Yeah, yeah I yeah, learn yeah. a lot from the students.
5: Yeah,
1: yeah.
4: Mm. Hey, this
1: next one, what was it about Jesus that attracted such huge crowds? Because I remember when Hunty and I were there, not far out of Capernaum. Now, how do you say that? You say it properly. How do you say that town? Capernaum, is it? Yeah, Capernaum. We, why have I nah always... Nah nah okay, let's try and do it. Not far out of there, the, there's a mountainside overlooking the sea where they reckon he fed 5,000 plus people and everywhere he goes. I mean, you and I are pastors and we try to spread Jesus to the world and, you know, I've done many... Campaigns where I'll actually go into a town and hire a little hall and my wife and my family are there. So not a great attraction, if you know what I mean. But if, if Jesus was to come to, to Sydney today, he would fill the, he would fill Stadium Australia up. There's no doubt tonight mm-hmm. without very little. If the people knew he was here, they'd turn up. Mm-hmm. It was the same back then. And it's got to be more than the miracles that he was performing. Yeah. What what mind you. If Jesus was in Stadium Australia and doing miracles and bringing people back from sickness, and they'd turn up in the millions. Mm. Well, but was it
4: just the miracles? What attracted the crowds to Jesus? When you live in a time when people say you are cursed if you are poor, yeah, you are cursed if you are sick, yeah. you are cursed if you are blind, mm. and Jesus comes and says, blessed are the poor. Yeah. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven already from being a devalued, marginalized person. you already you become a valued person. Yeah. he's giving them identity. You're saying
5: he's giving he them identity. worth and
4: value, he's giving them worth, he's giving them value. Uh, he's changing people's social status. You're talking about miracles. The guy that was blind was not able to participate in any kind of economic activity. So they they were peasants, so they had to go in the field, um, plow the field to be able to get food. He couldn't do that, and the only thing he could do was to beg. So that means that he didn't have food to eat most days. And there Jesus comes and heals him. He sees again. He changes his, his social status from being a poor beggar to being somebody who can see and participate in the economic life of, 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 of the town and the city. So, so everything about Jesus, his preaching, the way he treated people, uh, the people he associated with, the people he ate with, everything about him uh, made him attractive to everyone.
1: Okay, so you've got this very popular figure here on the earth, um, changing people's lives and changing them. So deeply that many of them would go to their deaths rather than give him up, I mean mm-hmm. th- this is really deep heart stuff. What was it about Jesus that upset the local church because he upset the local church. what's going on there?
4: Well, the first thing is that you've you've answered that question before. Yeah. if the local church guy in the synagogue uh, he's not getting people, but this guy got 5,000 people oh coming God. to listen to him. You, know? you can't be upset. Jealousy. You know? Jealousy. Is that what you're saying? It, it's jealousy. Uh, th- 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 that's number one. Um, if uh, you uh, Lazarus was dead for four days, if somebody is dead for four days and you resurrect him, everyone wants to see Lazarus. Now the local guys are saying, hey, this guy is a threat to us. We're not popular anymore. Now, if the, 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 the religion of the time and the society of the time was saying, uh, the poor are cursed. So if you are poor, you are cursed. And this guy said the poor are blessed. It's a challenge to their teaching, to the fabric of, of society. You said the message shook Jerusalem at its core. Jesus shook Jerusalem at its core. Because everything they believe, he turned that upside down.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it amazed me actually uh, when I went to Jerusalem and Israel and I'm headed there again soon, Ensley Oh, will- I'm jealous, now I'm jealous Well, God willing, you, you just don't know where this world's going, do you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah Whether or not I'll ever get there again I'm. We're hoping to head there again we're, ho- we're hoping to go this year, but That'd be nice Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are some things up in the air about that But I noticed when I was there that this same attitude to Jesus 2,000 years later is still there amongst the Jews. They either love him, and when they do, it's deep and it's intense and it's life-changing and it's to the death. And I've mm-hmm. met Jews like that to this day. Or yep. and it disturbed me a bit, they hate him. Am I going to It's almost like with Jesus, we're even Australians a lot of the time, mm-hmm. when they meet him,
4: you either love him or you hate him. Am, am,
1: am I going too far when I say that?
4: No, it's true. Uh, the funny story is that every time I've been to Jerusalem, uh, the Jews either love him, and uh, I don't know if you visited a little church there called Christ Church. No, where no you have church. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so you have Jews that love Jesus. Very and nice then the, those that don't love Jesus, they try to sell you things. They make a profit out of, out of Jesus. You know, they try to sell you all sorts of things about about Jesus. So it's about the money. They don't love him, either, but they love the money you spend about Jesus.
1: Funny you say that. When I was in Israel, I was thinking to myself, you know, here we are 2,000 years later. And you look at all the, and I, I don't really like it that much, to be honest, all the trade that's done around mm-hmm. the name of Jesus. But in a sense, he's still blessing Israel, isn't he? He,
4: he, he, he is indeed. He, he
1: drives their tourist trade, mate.
4: Oh, big time. You know, I went, have you been to the church
1: where they say Jesus was crucified? Yeah, yeah, the church. Yeah, of, and you, you know, uh, what? what's it called? Holy Sepulcher. Yeah, and then underneath you've got the tombs, three yeah, tombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we went to that and we could barely get inside and we're climbing up the stairs. I had people, church people for what it's worth, are not not anyone I knew, but I they, i could see they were with church groups abusing me and pushing me out of yeah, the yeah. way on Mount Calvary, you know, and I'm going, oh boy, yes, yes, yes. Ah, things have changed, things have changed. Um,
4: Maybe I shouldn't uh, confess that on, 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 on national radio there, but I do have a little stone from Mount Calvary.
1: Ah, okay. You You, you took it, did you?
4: I took it there there.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure that's a legal thing to do either (laughs) I don't know, I'm joking I don't know, you know Um, Who did Jesus claim he was? This is probably the question Today Mm -hmm. anyway, who did Jesus say he was?
4: There are many things that Jesus said he was And I think he said he is God he says that... Now, that's crucial, a, isn't it? That, that's a big that, one. That's a big one, okay? Jesus, now, now, you don't have to believe this, but you better get this.
1: Jesus, mm-hmm. very clearly, there's no uh, doubts about
4: this. It's, 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 it's not hidden. Jesus claims he is God, correct? Without any doubt. Jesus claims he is God. He's out there doing I mean, the Jews tried to kill him for that mm-hmm. claim. Yes. But he was God, okay. First thing, he claims he was God, yeah? Secondly, he claims he's our saviour. So he's the Messiah. He's the Messiah.
1: Which means he is our saviour. He came to save us. We're going to look into that with you, Hensley, in the next Yeah, part. sure.
4: Very important. Mm-hmm. Yep. The third thing is uh, he is the one who is at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf, our intercessor.
1: Yep. So he's on the right hand of God the Father. He's but on the right hand. God. We're, um Adventists, Seventh-day Adventists are Protestants. We go along with the biblical Protestant view of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, not three gods, one God expressed in three entities. Is that a yes, fair way person, of saying yeah, yep. yeah. So he says he's the Messiah and he's at the right hand
4: of the Father in heaven, yes? But here's my favorite. Uh, he call he says that he's our brother. We are his sisters and brothers. He says that he's our brother. He calls so, himself the son of man, doesn't he? He calls himself the son of man, which is, it's something taken from the book of Daniel. Yeah. Okay. But, but imagine that you and I, we have a brother in high places. He's the high king. He's a high king, you know. So you and I have a brother who is a high king, uh, who is the savior of the world. Uh, he's seated at the right hand of God, and what he's do- he doing at the right hand of God He's saying, hey, you know what, uh, you and I, we are good people, and we can be accepted in the kingdom of God.
1: We're going to look at that too, because that's a beautiful subject. That's
4: beautiful, yeah. Um, so in a sense, if Jesus
1: is the high king, now he became human when he came to earth, correct? He correct, yeah. And yet he's also God. He's also God. Which is a bit of a mystery. But, so it would be fair to say that it's a human being that sits on the throne of the universe. Mm-hmm. The king of the kings, the lord of the lords. Yes. If that's Jesus and he sits on the throne and he's the king, in some senses, because he's our brother and he's our blood brother, mm-hmm. would it be fair to say we are princes and princesses of the high king of the universe, of the royal family?
4: Yeah, we, we, we are royal princes. We are royalty. We are, aren't we? We are royalty, you know? So when you sit down on your, uh, in your seat to go to Israel, you just say, I'm the son of a king. <laughs> Upgrade me to business class. You know, he, the of the first
1: class because he needs a bigger seat. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, That was a bit of a back end, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, why did Jesus come from heaven to earth? From yeah, from
4: earth, uh, from heaven to earth. Again, that's that's a big question. Why did he come from heaven to earth? He came from well, heaven short to short answer because we're coming back to
1: look at these yeah, questions in yeah. detail. Yep.
4: Yeah. Short answer. He came because there was a problem. The problem is sin, suffering uh, here in, in this world. He came to solve the problem of sin and suffering.
1: Yeah. I, I love talking about it. You know, actually, I could talk about Jesus. I'm not just saying this for this entire program. I'm not rushing it. I love it. He, I love it, too. Yeah, he's so beautiful. Well, when you look, so he comes to save us. That's what you're saying there. Yes. From all the misery and the heartache and the death
4: and the pain. Oh. If Have you think a... about, yeah, go go. Sorry, if you think about it, all pain is brought about by Satan. Yeah. And if you give Satan free rein, he just causes havoc. Havoc. Jesus comes, dies, and gives us a better life.
1: Ah, oh, no wonder we love him so much. Mm. How successful would you say his life was?
4: Uh, how successful the life of Jesus was, very yeah. successful. Uh, so you, uh, as you said, you know, in, in the time of Jesus, you have those that loved him and those that hate him. If you think about today, you have those that love him, that love him and those that hate him. Those that are love him are billions. Yeah. Those that ha- hate him are billions. Uh, so if you have love, hate, then he must be successful.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, um, I often think about Jesus and his impact on the world even today, and it's huge. Um, huge. And you look at, where, you, you look at where, where things have got out of control, like Ukraine, Russia, you know, and you think mm-hmm. to yourself about the bloodshed and the heartache there, and then you think about the bright spots, the bright stories over in those two nations who are fighting mm-hmm. a bitter, a terrible, an awful war. They're almost all inevitably around Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the church that goes into these places. And I, when I say the church, I use that word loosely. The believers of Christ who go in, who provide food and clothing and yes, housing yes. for those who are, who are deeply impacted by this awful war. It's all, it's almost always the church that stands up in these awful times and shines brightly when Satan is just running amok with millions, mm. well, thousands in this one anyway, dying. Yep. Yeah. So, so he is spectacularly successful. life
4: couple more questions and I'll end this. Um, is Jesus still alive today? Jesus is still alive, sitting at the right hand of God. How do you know? Oh, that's a good question. That's a, that's a good one. How, yeah. how, do I know, how do I know that Jesus is still alive? Yep. I know that Jesus is still alive because he still changes people's hearts today. Amen. You know, uh, how do I know that Jesus is alive? because he's still making a significant contribution to our lives today.
1: He does. We meet him every time we open the Bible, don't we? Uh,
4: yes, we meet him every time we
1: open the Bible. Every time uh, we pray, every time we go to church. We meet him in the street. He's everywhere. Yes. Um, and, and if you're prepared to give Jesus a go and inviting him to your heart and in your life, and your you, he'll open your ears and he'll open your eyes
4: and you'll start to see and hear. Is, is that how you've seen it too? If, if you if you're seeking and you, and you really seek him, you will you will find him.
5: Yeah. He
4: is the only one that makes a claim that I am. Yeah, uh, nobody Obviously. else can make that claim. Uh, yeah. I am. I, I am here today. I am here for you today. Uh, I. I. It's not. I was or I will be. But I am. He's here. He's present. He's alive.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Last question, Hensley. Um, we'll end on this because it's a good question. What does Jesus personally mean to you?
4: Um, uh, Lloyd, uh, what he means is everything to me. Everything that I have, everything that I do is thanks to him. I was a, a young boy. I was 10 years old when I took him and I said, you know what? I want Jesus to be significant for me. I went through uh, my teenagers, and that can be difficult, having Jesus in my heart. At the age of 17, he called me to become a, a minister. So, yes, he's everything to me. Um, he's the one I talk to when I'm in trouble. He's the one I talk to when I'm happy. So he shares my joy and and comfort my sorrows. He's everything to me.
1: Yeah, and he does have a deep impact on people. You see people would rather mm. die, than, and they do it all the time than give Jesus up. Mm. So there is something about Jesus that's worth, uh, worth looking at, I think.
4: Mm. There is something definitely worth looking at. Um, a, when you look at some of the major social reforms like slavery, it's yeah. because people looked at Jesus and said, we need to do better for our fellow human beings. Yeah. So he has that kind of effect, that kind of impact on people.
1: He's been inspiring, motivating and saving generations for thousands of years and he'll keep doing that until he comes again to take us home. Thank okay. you,
4: Hensley. Mm, Thank you. Hensley. Thank you for having me. Thank you That's for listening. A really
1: beautiful, beautiful time with you and I appreciate it very much. Thank Can you. we get you back and talk about uh, some more of Jesus' life in the next few sure. weeks?
4: That would be my, my pleasure. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Enjoy meeting, meeting up with you and, and Hanty. Yes, Always mates. enjoy talking to your listeners.
0: Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Very you. Much. Catch you again. Bye. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: I like talking to that dude. Yeah. What a beautiful interview. He's a good fella, and he's yes. talking about an even better one. Jesus yes. Christ. That's right. He is fantastic. That's why I chose this next song. It's Sweet Jesus by Doris Akers. Now, do you know who she is, Hunty? I don't. She's old. Okay. I'm. Actually, she's passed away. Oh. She's sleeping. Um, very famous African American singer out of the United States. I saw her doing a, a, a song. This song, actually, "Sweet Jesus." Yep. And it's about Jesus and how beautiful it is. And I hope you got a sense of how beautiful Jesus was as you listened to that interview. And she, Bill was, you know, Bill Gaither was playing the piano. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he's a very famous. Yes. Music writer. Yep. Singer. He's old too He wasn't doing it right (laughs) And she upped him And made him get off the piano And took off Oh I love that And this is This is an old song But it's a beautiful Beautiful song From Doris Akers Sweet Jesus
6: There's a name That's dear to me Lifted me
1: Jesus From Beautiful Beautiful singer Of long ago Doris Akers You like that hunty? It's nice Really really nice song Um, It's time I love that man of Galilee too Yeah me too He's a great God I love love serving him Yep um, ask the Aussie Pastor. It is time. Fire away, Hunty. I'm ready. I'm getting my magnifying without, glass out. Yeah. Holding to the sun.
2: Without further ado, I'm ready. And you're in the hot seat. Yeah. Before I go, let me quickly give a plug. It's not too late. Any question you want, send it to the Aussie Pastor and you can do it one of two ways. You can email your questions to us and the email address is info at AussiePastor.com or you can text them to us on 048880851. righty. First question. I know the Bible and God don't like divorce, but my husband abuses me physically. Is that a reason for leaving and divorce? Yes. I agree. Yep. Classic abandonment right there.
1: Jesus, it's true. The Bible says God hates divorce. He does. We've talked about divorce a few times Yep, in this show. Um, I guess we get questions on it because it is, what, 50% of the population here in Australia and, And all too often people do break marriages up and leave each other for no good, real good reason. But if you've got a husband, some would say a wife, but I've never come across that. They say it is out there, but mostly it's husbands who Mm, physically, sexually, even mentally abuse their wives. At a minimum, you need to leave the house. And that can be really hard. I understand the pain, the fear. But you cannot have a man abusing you. You're not designed for that. You won't grow, you won't thrive under that, and Jesus doesn't want you to experience that. So my advice, I'm not, it's, I feel sad saying this, hunty. Yeah, me too. But if you've got a man abusing you, you better get out and get out fast. And if you don't know where to go, you ring your local Adventist pastor up and he'll help you. That's a guarantee. Mm, I
2: think Queensland's about to put in place some new legislation to... Make it more difficult for men to get away with financial, mental, and other kinds of horrible control over women. Just good for them.
1: Well, abuse is not good. Only good for the Queensland government to tighten it up. Yeah, but abuse is not good. No, nope, it's terrible. Don't men, men, men. Don't abuse your wife. Love them. Love them. It's, it's not hard to love them. I love my wife. Yep, me too. It's not hard to do. Uh,
2: okay. All right. Next question. I've oh, had this one before in various forms. Is eternal hell a real place, and am I going there if I don't follow Jesus?
1: Uh, look, uh, no. Agreed.
2: <laughs> it's nowhere yeah. in the Bible, is
1: it? No. Um, I'm going to get one of these guys on. Yeah, we should. From Avondale do University. Do a whole Bible study on it. Do a Bible yeah. Can you write that down, Hunty? We yep. need to do a Bible. I, look, I can spend some time here and unpack that for you. But I can say this from Genesis to Revelation, never, not once, does God threaten sinners mm. and those who never make a decision to follow him with an eternal hell. Yeah, you will die, but it won't be roasting in eternal Flames, sulphur. <laughs> no, no. Man, that is so not the character of God. Correct. Stunned that... That pagan doctrine, I know that's probably pretty tough for some of you out there, but I'm stunned that pagan doctrine somehow crept into Christianity.
5: Mm, very but
1: bad. Let, let's clear that up in the next few weeks. So yeah, we listen, should. Keep, we should. Keep listening to this radio show, The Aussie Pastor. We will definitely go there. That's one worthy of some time. This is a two-part question. All right. I think you can have a crack at the second part. Yeah, I'll have a crack at both. All right. Well, it's eternal hell a
2: real place, and then we're going there. And if not, sorry, and if I don't follow Jesus...
1: Well, if it's not a real place, whether or not you follow Jesus, you're not going there. That's right. So I did answer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Um, uh, but and again, if you don't follow Jesus, yeah, you you will cease to live. But you won't be going to a place of eternal hell. Why? Why not just invite Jesus into your heart and live? Why uh, not? It doesn't make sense not to. I mean, to walk with Jesus is how you're designed to walk on this planet. Any anyhow, it's going to give you peace. Peace. Uh, you're going to have. I mean, this is. These are not cliches. It's going to give you peace. It's going to give you joy. You're going to have a satisfaction in life you never had. You're going to have meaning and no fear for the future. Yeah, everything comes from following Jesus. It's just it's all positive, positive, positive. Mm. But no, if you don't follow Jesus, you're not headed to eternal hell.
2: All right, here's another one we've had in various forms too over the over the last six months or so. Is there one true church, and is it a denomination?
1: I must be getting old because I can't remember that question ever. Yeah. Is there one true church? Yeah. Yes. The true church of God, every nation, every creed, every people, from one end of the planet to the other, those who claim Jesus as their Messiah have invited him to live in their hearts and are born again. Yep. They're a part of that church. Church is just a, 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 a name for a movement. Is it a denomination? Um, no. No. It's bigger than a denomination, Hunty. Correct. But I am a Seventh-day Adventist. I need to say this. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist because I think, oh, it's the only true church. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist because I don't know of any church that follows Scripture closer. I don't claim Adventism to be perfect, certainly not sinless. You and me are in it, Hunty. Mm, True. But it's about as close to the truth as you can get. But do I believe that only Seventh-day Adventists compose, my people compose of that one true church? Not a chance. Awesome. When we get to heaven, there'll be people um, from every nation, creed, tongue and denomination. But you do have to, you know, if you're going to be in heaven, you're going to have to claim Christ. You're going to have to call him Messiah. You're yeah. going to have to make him Lord of your life. Yeah. And when you do that, you're part of his true church, or for a better word, is his true people. But there are certainly denominations religions that march closer to the truth than others. Protestantism is a good movement to be a part of, Mm, mm. as is Adventism, which is a part of Protestantism.
2: I know when I'm in heaven, people people will look around and see me and go, how did he get here? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) The answer will be easy by the grace of God. God, That's it. Shall we move on? Yep. My wife left me for another woman. Mm. I feel humiliated and hurt and I can't forgive her, do I have to, and if so, how, and what does that mean?
1: That's a pretty intense sort of question. Good question. Um, do I've, I have to forgive I've, her? I've heard of wives leaving for other men, and increasingly I do see this situation where women will leave their husbands for another woman. And this guy feels humiliated. Well, I understand that. Uh, when my wife left me... She didn't leave under those circumstances, Hunty, but she left my first wife. I, 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 felt humiliated. Yep. A lot of it was my fault. Didn't change the fact I felt humiliated. So I think firstly, when a relationship breaks up, especially if you're into the relationship emotionally and you've got your whole soul into it, you are going to feel humiliated and you are going to get hurt. Yep. So the first thing I like to do is just conceive that that's a normal human reaction to uh, losing someone you love. Mm.
2: You'll feel like a zero for quite some time.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it helps to have Jesus as your saviour if you're going through something like that. Yep. Because your meaning and your identity and your self-worth doesn't come from what your wife or your husband or anybody else thinks of you. It comes from what you know Jesus thinks of you and has done for you. And Jesus came down and died for you. You're of most importance. You are of incredible value. Because you are a son or a daughter of the King, even when you don't follow Him and not a believer, you're still His son, you're still His daughter. I get great self worth out of that, Hunty. Yeah. Um So, yes, you're going to feel humiliated. And what did He say? Do I have to forgive them? Yeah, do um, I can't forgive, and um, do I have to? Yeah. And if so, how? You do have to. Isn't that a harsh <laughs> sort of a concept? Yeah, you, you have to forgive. But isn't that isn't that God's job? No, it's your job, but God will do it in you. Um, I think a few times on this show, I've, I've kind of, when my marriage broke up, you know, Hunty, I've been a, I've publicly said for years, right across my ministry, right across the world, that I was a significant factor in that. I was the significant factor in that. You know my story, Hunty. I do. You know that's true. You know that's true. Um, but it doesn't mean that I didn't felt, I didn't feel hurt and betrayed, and I did. And it doesn't mean I didn't hate. I did. I did, Hunty. It wasn't good. It mm. wasn't good. Mm. Here I was, a pastor in one of the, if not the largest church in Australia at the time, Hunty, and I had a marriage breakup and I couldn't forgive my wife. And you know what I did? I don't know whether it was my dad who told me to do this or someone did. I started to pray for her. Yep. You remember I've, I've told this story a few times. I prayed for her. Yep. And this is what happens when you pray for her. I, I was probably... About three or four months after the breakup, I started this, so it was a pretty intense time. Yep. Now you came along later on, and you I saw remember how fierce this was, and I my remember. Life. Mm. So it took some time, and when I first started, to my shame, I would pray for it, but it weren't they weren't great prayers. But Lord, yep. you know, I would tell Him. I, I hate this person. and I'd go right off at him. But then I'd through gritted teeth say, would you please bless her? Now, remember, the hypocrisy of this is I was a significant factor in this divorce. <laughs> it doesn't matter when you're hurt and you're damaged and God gets it and he'll He'll, He'll sit and talk with you and, and take yep. you through this, Hunter. You, you know uh, yourself. I do. So I began to pray for him. A, a miracle happened. I don't know how long it took. Six. It uh, still going on when you came along. Mm-hmm. Twelve, two mm-hmm. years? But gradually, as I prayed, the prayers got better. They got more positive, and I was able to forgive. And, of course, once once I'd forgiven her, then I had to forgive myself, and that was even harder. Mm. I think you came along in the middle of that, where I just could not forgive myself for the stupidity that led me to do such stupid things to bring about this marriage breakup. But God took me on a journey there, and I'll tell you what, it was a blessed day when God came down put his arm around me and said, yeah, look, you have done bad in this, Lloyd. You haven't done well, but you know what? I love you. And I'll still use you I cried mm. when he did that for me and then you know what not long after that he sent me Lika
2: mm. Li very
1: blessed Liska has taught me so much about life she taught me she taught me what forgiveness is because it uh, really is because she forgives me so easy for so many terrible things <laughs> um you, you know I've told some people i I actually we were getting married in two weeks before. The marriage I was still damaged Remember I I remember I call it off I remember She she was so gentle And she forgave Made me love her even more Mm. Um, And so God's brought Not just healing But a beautiful woman Into my life And this time Through God's grace It's always a bit of a miracle Isn't it Auntie to Do marriage I'm going to make it out So yeah Pray for that Pray for your wife Mm. I understand the hurt She's left you For another woman I, I get that That would hurt And I get the humiliation But Pray for her, God will soften your heart, and he works a miracle, and it'll just happen. What was the last part of the question? Um, how? How? Well, I said, is there, and is there and what? Yeah,
2: well, I'll read it again. My wife left from another woman. Yes. I feel humiliated and hurt and can't forgive her. Do I have to? And yes. if so, how? Well, show them that. And what does that mean?
1: What does it mean is that you can live in peace with yourself. And that's important. you've forgiven her. Yes. And she'll, she'll know it too. You, you can't she'll, move. She'll know. Yeah, you can't. What you you can't say? move on until you've forgiven
2: Because otherwise she'll be living rent-free in your head and it'll be busy head for you, day and night, until you forgive. You can't take a step forward.
1: Talking about busy head, I couldn't sleep after my divorce. Yep, busy head will do it. Until I'd learned to forgive. Yep. Um. And your ex-wife, I guess she is now, Um. she'll know you've forgiven her. It'll make all the difference. Yep, for your own sake, let it go. You know, i got a pretty good relationship with my ex-wife and her husband and... Um, their kids and my two daughters that come from that first marriage. And mm. uh, look, it's not perfect. It's not, it's not wonderful, but we're probably doing as good as you can do in this wicked world. And I often say to God, wouldn't it be wonderful in the end if it's take through his grace, my ex-wife and her husband and family and my family, only God could take us all to heaven and the healing will be complete. Yep. And who knows through God's grace that may yet happen. Indeed. Last question. Should I let my
2: son play video games? Is it hurting his head and how do
1: I manage that?
2: Oh, I'm not a counsellor. I'll get into this one if you like.
1: Parents. I'm sure you and my, me are probably going to disagree on this. I bet. Yeah, you you can go first. Well, I was originally going to say get some balance into your
2: child's life. Outdoor activity, fresh air exercise. Which is good advice. And computer games. Yeah, you, you just can't let them loose after school till midnight every day on the computer. Um, when my kids were little, I had timers set on the internet on what they
1: could do on the internet. And you're so old, was there even internet when you had kids?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to be rude, but I'm just wondering. Yes, there my kids each had a computer in their room. There was internet? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> not that old. And I had, I had a, configured all my kids' computers. I had four kids. I can feed all the computer's screens to show on a screen in my room. <laughs> a- and so I could see what they were all doing live while they were doing it. Yes. And, uh. Not many of us have those technical No, I, look, I was a bit crazy. But look, I don't, I don't think you should let your kid play games all day and all night. They will destroy themselves. It's not good. Um, certainly anything that takes your focus 100% of the time. It'll be the detriment of your studies, your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with your family and friends.
1: I don't know. You can stop your kids playing video games. It's pretty hard. How do you do it? I control it. I manage it. Now, I've got a son who's 23 still. Look, i got four kids. i got a daughter who's 24. i got a son who's 23. i got another daughter who's 19 and a son who's 15 or 16. Um, my two sons are still at home. Yep. Uh, the oldest guy, 23, or whatever he is, you can't stop him playing video games, and he does. Um, the younger one, I I still can. But what I have done is I noticed, uh, without saying too much, my oldest son would – sometimes play have you seen this till three four five in the morning oh yeah i mean a lot of millennials are doing that it's pretty scary when you get up in the middle of the night to get a drink or something yep. you look up at three thirty and the light's still on there playing yep. games yep and then they can't get up till lunchtime the next day yep And that's pretty destructive when they've got jobs and which my boy has uh and stuff to get now he works online so he can kind of go whenever he wants but it's pretty distracting so all i did was i said right Now, I'm sure there's parents out there going to say this is terrible, but it's just my way of doing it. I said, look, the internet goes off at 8.30, doesn't come on in the morning until 7. Yep. And so, except for Saturday night, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I leave it on. But other than that, every night the internet goes off at eight thirty. Now they have got phones, but pretty limited. What do you call it that you have on your phone? Oh yeah, you, you, you get available data. Yeah, yeah. The data, pretty limited data. So those da- some of those games suck up a lot of data. They actually. do. Is that right? They do. Is that why when they're playing games and I'm trying to yes. get on to do something like Yes. We were,
2: we were we've been hit by your kids playing video games when we were trying to do live broadcast during the pandemic.
1: I'd say where's the internet all gone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not going to concede that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our last question. Uh, well, yeah, so I'd say, man, I'm telling you, at a minimum, you better manage that. Yep. Because if you don't manage it, it will hurt your kids. Correct. It will. It can actually potentially destroy their lives. Yes. And any and parent of choosing the internet and video games and letting your kid on the internet, there's all sorts of other dangers on the internet, oh, too. Sure. I mean, Hunty could tell you something. We haven't got time today, but he could tell you stories about how he's caught guys on the internet trying to make. Uh, um, Relationships contacts with his and daughters and yep. stuff. Yep. Uh, you, you should know what your kids are watching, what your kids are doing on the internet, and don't use it as a a parental control. If you're doing that, and using it as a babysitter for your kids, you're not parenting as you should, and you really need to stop and have a hard look at what you're doing Correct. and change your ways. Yes, because God did not give you those kids to leave on the internet just to play games whenever they want. I mean, look at also look at the content. Some of that stuff's rated right R plus. Yeah, I mean, some of these kids. They just need to get outside and do something Now we definitely sound old you know, Yeah but seriously <laughs> It's, true. It. it's mean, true The world I grew up in was motorcycles and horses and cricket And the and outdoors. football and surfing and squash We're going to have a game of squash tomorrow honey, We are For the first time in 30 years Get the ICU ambulances on standby <laughs> they say you shouldn't. They shouldn't. They say you shouldn't play, play squash, squash over fifty, and you're headed to seventy. So sixty. I don't know how that's going to work for you tomorrow night, mate. Okay. On that note, on that I note think we better end. Let's the end the segment. Indeed.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: This song's an old song. We sing this at New Hope too. It's a ripper. I'm going to say it again. If you're not doing anything this Saturday morning, yep, and you're in Northwest yep. Sydney, come to New Hope Adventist Church. Starts at 10 o'clock. Address, Auntie?
2: Yep, 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill, behind the Albi.
1: And if you can't come to New Hope, that's right, Google. Google. Seventh-day Adventist, Adventist, Adventist Church. You don't have to go that far. Just Google Adventist. That's one it. word, Adventist Church in your suburb or in your town, yep. find one. Go there. They're friendly. Yep. They're warm. If they're not, contact me and I'll sort <laughs> them out. <laughs> this Saturday. I'll <laughs> welcome you. And if you come to a New Hope, I mean, stay for lunch. Of course. Beautiful, beautiful, yummy, vegetarian lunch. And this song now yep. that we're going to sing, Hunty, Majesty, Worship His Majesty. Good song, Liz. Good song. Maranatha Singers. I like it. And we sing. The reason I mention church again, this is a song we often sing in church at New Hope. the program today.
7: It's good to be back with you, Lloyd. Yeah, you've been away uh, for a little bit. Where have you been and what were you doing? I went to a convention at Stewart's Point where we had two fantastic speakers there. Had a great time.
1: So when you say you went to a convention a convention at Stewart's Point, first off, where is Stewart's Point?
7: It's just out of Kempsey and it's probably halfway between Sydney and Brucey. and it was a place for a lot of caravanners. We called it Grey Nomads. And they all came for a blessing.
1: So it's so for old people like hunting. <laughs>
7: yeah. Is that what a grey nomad is? Someone <laughs> who just got 60 and said, I'm now a grey nomad. I'd oh, fit
1: in perfectly. Yeah, you, you've even got the caravan. <laughs> <Hunty>. I do. <laughs> and what, you just, so you go up there, what, for a week or for a few days? Yeah. How, you were there for eight, eight days. Eight days. What,
7: yeah. and do you, what, what meetings and, and yeah, singing we and early morning meeting at 7.30, we had a Bible study mid-morning and we had uh, another one in the afternoon and the evening program and two different great speakers and we were challenged, we were brought closer to the Lord. So it's
1: an eight-day meeting for grey nomads um, and it's about Jesus, is singing and it's just about fellowship and spending time with the Lord and
7: these meetings, is that right? There are 400 and more there. Wow. I came from Queensland, Victoria, right across. There was one family from West Australia drove across as well as all around here. And do you actually have to be 60 plus to get
1: in or can anyone go?
7: Anyone can go, but it's mainly those who are, they can go because they've either stopped working or they can take the time. So you don't see
1: family and kids there much? No. Okay. Well, today we're talking about a really interesting fellow, someone I've really known about, but not a lot about since I was a kid, John Bunyan.
7: Uh, John Bunyan's known all over the world for what the books he's written. Well, what, is, what famous story? If, you, if you're thinking John Bunyan,
1: for me anyway, there's one story that stands out. What is it?
7: The story is Pilgrim's Progress, who leaves the city of destruction and moves towards the celestial city and it's an allegory of a Christian's journey toward heaven. A good one? It's a fantastic story. As a young person, I must have read it four or five times, and I've still got an illustrated copy with me today. It's great. Uh, Actually,
1: I think you can get it on the internet for free too. If you just put in Google, John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, you can read. And it is a story worth reading, isn't it? It is. It actually had a graphic... Um, impression on me as a young,
7: as a young fella, to be honest. Really and let me tell you, when he wrote it, it was, uh, sold out almost straight away. In fact, they printed something like, uh, uh, 200,000 and it's been printed in 200 languages around the world when it was printed in communist China. It sold out within a couple of weeks. That's right. Well, then, look, let's get into John Bunyan and his life. Tell us, where was he born and when? He was born in 1628. That's the 17th century in a little place called Elstow. It's a village just outside the town of Bedford in England.
1: So where's that, Central England, North England? I'm not not sure, to be honest. It's in the southern part
7: of Mid-England.
1: Okay, all right. Um, was he from a rich family? Was he poor? What's what's because a lot of these guys we've talked about in the past come from well-to-do families, go to university. How was this guy situated?
7: This guy came from a very very poor family. His father was a tinker. That reminds me of that saying we said as kids: tinker, tailor, soldier, sailor, rich man, poor man, thief. A tinker was a guy who went all round the country. um, mending pots and pans and so in fact he said my father was a tinker my father's house being of that rank which is the meanest and the most despised of all families in the land he was the lowest of the low
1: okay well i think this might be the first one we've looked at really that comes from a a really poor family um do we know much about his childhood or is it not really uh a lot to know?
7: Not too much about his childhood, but we know when he was a young fellow and then how he became a Christian. That's all a great story. Do do we know about his education or not really? No, we don't know too much about that uh, because he worked like his father worked. He became a tinker.
1: So we don't even know whether he's even well-educated.
7: No, but he must have been able to read and write because he wrote the story. So he must have had some education. And the story, actually, for what it's worth, in English literature, is fairly well written. Well, it's even called a classic because it's passed the test of time and it's enjoyed by so many around the world. So
1: you've got this guy born in 1626 or thereabouts. He's poor. He becomes a tinker himself. What happened to him when he was 16, which is still fairly young in, in our way of thinking things, but back then that would have been moving into adulthood well and truly?
7: Sure. Well, he was impressed into the army, you know, in the uh, 1600s. You remember they had the civil war in England. Yeah. And the parliamentary army grabbed him, but there's no reference of him going to any military conflict. And then when he came back three years later when he was 19 the army was disbanded well if he was in the, if he was in
1: the parliamentary army he was on he was in the army that won anyway which is why he might have survived it did he ever marry yes he did
7: we don't know the name of the person that he married but he married and in fact she brought to him what would have been for a poor family a very expensive dowry she brought Two books. That's what she brought to the marriage.
1: (laughs) And that was actually not a – we're laughing at that, but that really wasn't a bad dowry in those days, huh?
7: It was, and there were books leading people to to Jesus. One was called The Plain Man's Pathway to Heaven. Okay. Was he converted at this time
1: or was that really yet for the future or or we're just not sure?
7: Oh, yes. Well, he, he wasn't converted yet but uh, he would go and listen to a person. In fact, he listened to a Baptist guy, and then he would go and play Sunday afternoons on the green. If you go to Elstow, you can see the green not far from the church. And he was playing there, away having a great game. I don't, he was playing so I guess it's like Rounders. Yep. And when he was playing, he gets the impression you shouldn't be playing, you should be going to church. Okay. And he was converted playing on the village green at Elstow. So what you're saying is that God actually came
1: directly to him and he had a a very strong and a powerful conversion experience. Not yes. a lot of people get that sort of experience with
7: God and that must have been very special for him. Did he have children? Yes, he had four kids and we know that one of them was a blind girl, Mary. Because in the museum around there, you have the little pot that she would bring soup to him. Okay, okay. So four kids, one of them blind, a blind girl. Which wouldn't have been
1: easy in those days either. So he's in, he's in poverty, but he, uh, something special happens when he has a conversion. Then he gets arrested. Now, this is after his conversion. Why does he get arrested? Because I think this is significant to the story.
7: Well, it's interesting because he got uh, close to a preacher, a Baptist guy called John Gifford in Gifford, and he really got the urge to share Jesus with others, and he became a preacher. He wasn't well-educated, but he could read and write, and he became a preacher. And uh, this was the time when Cromwell's group were out and they brought back King Charles II, and it wasn't allowed for people to go and preach, and he had this meeting. But was that because Charles II was a Catholic? Yes, and that's right, but he didn't allow these non-conformists, these Puritans, to go and preach. And this guy, John Bunyan, he was an, held an unauthorized religious meeting, and so they arrested him. So John Bunyan by this time is deeply converted. He's a Protestant. He is. And he's preaching in a hostile environment and he gets arrested and put in prison. How long did he go to prison for? Well, he was sentenced in the local uh, court for three months. Okay. And, uh, when he was put in prison, he wouldn't give any assurance that he would stop preaching if he got out. So they kept him there. And, he, s- we- and he stayed there, you know, 11 years.
1: Wow. So he could have got outside in three months. But he because he wouldn't recant, 11
7: years? 11 years. You know, this is what he said. He would stay in prison till moss grew on his eyelids rather than fail to do what God had commanded.
1: So he could have said at any time, I'll stop preaching and they would have let him out. That's it. That's right. That's
7: unbelievable. What did he do in prison? Well, he had to support these four kids and so he made shoelaces, hundreds of gross. Now, gross is 144. He probably made 40,000 shoelaces while he was in there and got enough money to support his little family. Ah, this is a tough uh, life. Was it in prison that he began to write? Yes. He was writing books in prison. He wrote a number of them, Christian behavior, the holy city, but one that we all like grace abounding to the chief of sinners. He saw himself, just like Paul did, as the chief of sinners. Was this where he wrote Pilgrim's Progress too? That's it, 1678. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress. You know, it's fascinating that he would talk about grace abounding to the chief of sinners and then write this story of a Christian going toward heaven. And it's changed the life of so many people. Now, he gets out of prison. Do we know whether he lived long after he finally was released? Well, he uh, he got out of prison, but it wasn't long because he died probably 10 years later. Okay. And he would have been preaching again because... Well, we already know he couldn't be stopped when it comes to preaching. In, in fact he was in and out of jail because if he got out and started preaching, they put him in again and this okay. happened at least twice so he
1: spent the bottom line is he spent a lot of his adult life in jail just because he wouldn't that and that's what happens you get the spirit of god in you you're going to struggle to stop sharing him no matter what people say um so he gets out of jail uh, he only lives a few years
7: what happens to him then well then he rides on horseback from Reading to London, and it was heavy pouring rain, it would be cold, and he got a fever, and he dies there in London, August 1688. Wow, what a life. What happens to England just after he dies? Because often this is the way things work. The next year, the Act of Toleration gave nonconformists and these people the right to preach and worship had happened a year after he died. Do you think he had much to do with that law going through? Well, I think they would have known what had happened and he would have been won that way, yes.
1: Yeah, okay. And what do you think finally? Because I I think he's got an amazing life. And if you want to know more about John Bunyan, go online. It's free. Look up Pilgrim's Progress. Read the book. Read it, yeah. It actually doesn't take that long either, does it?
7: But get to know Jesus. That was his. That was the centre of his preaching. So, what can we learn from not just the book, but from his life? Well, if God
1: calls you, go with it. Don't even let prison stop you. That's right. Well, thank you, Harold, for uh, another interesting. Uh, uh, life of a man who stood for Christ no matter what. I, I just can't imagine being in 11 years in prison and all you had to say is, Oh, look, I'll stop preaching. They let you out. I mean, the temptation to betray Christ in that situation must have been so, he must have, must have been so strong. He must have had this incredible, incredible deep relationship with God. Um, sure. Look forward to seeing him one day too. Well, God bless you, Harold, and we'll Thank see you again you. soon. God bless. God, Thanks, Harold.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM.
1: Again, if you haven't read that book, Pilgrim's Progress, Google it. Easy to find. Great read. Really interesting. A man, when he when he writes, Hunt, he's actually a man well ahead of his times. Okay. Yeah. Have you read it? I, you know, I thought I had, but no, I can't remember. Go and read it, bro. Mm, I Go, will. And next week, we'll check to see whether you have. Yep. Right, cliff notes, I can get on cliff notes on that Can I? Yeah. <laughs> this is another song from Doris Acres it, It's a beautiful song There's a sweet, sweet spirit And you think of John Bunyan in prison there Yep. What is it that sustained him, looked after him, cared for him Well it was a sweet, sweet spirit mm, Love Jesus this song Jesus Christ There's a sweet And é... that song, Hunty. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, she wrote the other one we were listening that, to today. That's a great song. She's, she has passed on. She's died now. Yep. But she was one of the great African-American singers of last century. Christian, very dedicated mm. to the Lord Jesus mm. Christ, and wrote some of the finest songs that we now sing in church. And that that song there, too, we also sing yeah, in church a fair a bit. a very popular song. That's a great song, talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person, the Godhead. Yep. And what he can do when he gets into your hearts Sweet sweet spirit And and that's what it's like serving Jesus you got a sweetness in you all the time And it's it gives you peace And it's such a beautiful thing Um of course, we run out of time again today, hunty. Oh, yeah, we're, we're running low. <laughs> but I thought I'd give you a glimpse into why we're talking about Jesus today Yep, with Hansley. Yes. And we talked about who he was, how famous he was, the fact that he was loved yes. by some and hated by others. You know what? I never, ever, ever got why people would hate Jesus. Yeah, same. He comes down, he heals people, mm-hmm. he feeds them. Loves people. He loves them. I mean, we're going to look at some of the things Jesus did over the next few weeks. Absolutely Mm. unbelievable. Um, And the difference he was able to make in people's lives. So it never did anything to hurt anybody. And yet people, even to this day, hate him with so so much passion. And yet on the other side, they will love him to the death. Mm -hmm. I just heard again the other day of a Nigerian girl who lost her life, stoned to death in Nigeria, for her love... For Jesus Christ. And everywhere you look, you see this, this kind of partition right down the middle. It's very few people are in the middle when it comes to Jesus once they really come in contact with him. It's almost like he forces you to a decision. So, Hunty, if I were to ask you yeah. straight out, what do you think the primary purpose Jesus came to earth Remember, we already talked about how in this show, Jesus was God, comes to earth, becomes a human being, still God, yep, but becomes a human being. If I were to ask you, what do you think the number, there was a few reasons Jesus came to earth. Yep. But above else, what do you think it was? Well, I'll rattle off a few quick ones. No, 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 no. The number one
2: verb grace, grace.
1: What do you mean by grace? Well,
2: you came to die for our sins.
1: Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Yep. You'd be surprised how some people will say you were starting to rattle them off There, I wanted to rattle off a few because finally I have not have an answer to one of your questions. Uh, you have, <laughs> you're doing all right, mate. Um, uh, the reality is he came to save us. Now, yep. if I ask you another question before we go to the Bible verse we're going to use today. Sure, I'm right out of line with answers, but go on. <laughs> how did he save us? Yeah, so say so, so, I'm an Aussie yep. walking down the street, don't know much about Jesus. Yep. I've just heard what Hensley, in the earlier in the show... By the way, if you want to listen to this show again, you can go onto the Faith FM website. Yes. Go to... Click on Aussie you, Pastor. Is it podcasts? Or yeah, podcasts and Aussie program, Pastor.
2: Yeah. And you can replay this as many times as yeah. you need to. And if
1: you, if you missed out on what Hensley had to say about Jesus, go and play it again.
2: Because, Definitely look for it. Yeah. It's um, really good.
1: So he comes to this earth... You said he came to save us. How yes. did he do it?
2: How did he save uh, us? You, from now our you're talking sins. to an
1: Aussie who doesn't know the Bible. Yeah, much exactly.
2: Here. Well, well, I would have to say to an Aussie who doesn't know God, because he created the universe, because he is the greatest ever.
1: But how does he save you?
2: He died.
1: Why? Why did he have to die?
2: Symbolic. It was. A, it's symbolism. But why did he
1: have to die? That I get asked. There is, a, there is a
2: price to be paid for sin, which is death.
1: Who said that? He God did. He did. It's it's like it's like disconnecting the battery terminals. Your car might go for a while, but eventually it'll die. That's it. And when we disconnected from Jesus back in the garden, we started to die. That's and our exactly sins, right. and we're all sinners, yep. kill us, and yep. so we die. So, but what did Jesus actually do on the cross? Well, this particular verse answers that. In a nutshell, Hunty, yep. this is why he came. Number one reason, Okay. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Listener, see if you can get a hold of what Hunty's reading here. These are the words of Paul the Apostle, by, by yep.
2: the way. NLT version. Yep. For God made Christ who never sinned. Okay, so who made him? God, God made Christ, Christ who, never sinned. who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through
1: Christ. What happens is Jesus, if we ask him, it is this simple. If we ask him, Jesus takes our sin. Yep. He takes it to the cross with me. Yep. He pays the death penalty for it. So if I ask him to be my saviour, he's already taken my sin if I've asked him. Well, he's taken it anyway. But if I ask him, he'll take the penalty for my sin and I get eternal life because my sins are paid for. Does that make perfect sense? It is really that simple. And this last song that you're going to hear from City of Gold, Hide Me Rock of Ages, City of Light. City of Gold. No, you said City of Gold. City of Gold. Oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of a long, a l- long, a long, day, <laughs> long day for you, Hunty. City of Gold. Gold. Hide me, Rock of Ages. It's what i talking about. Yep. When you ask Jesus to be your saviour, and He takes your sins and He dies for them, so that you, if you ask Him, you can live. Just ask Him to be your saviour. Dear Lord, be my saviour. Take my sins. I give them to You. That's it, Hunty then he becomes your rock and you hide behind him and you'll never have anything to fear ever again. Hide me, rock of ages, city of gold. See yeah. Into my heart. Yep. I ask him to take my sins. Yep. I ask him to forgive me. He takes those sins to the cross. He did it two thousand years ago. That's it. The death price is paid for them. They're no longer on me. I'm no longer guilty. They're not going to kill me because they're no longer mine. Jesus right. took them. That's right. He paid the price for them. Thank you, Lord. And so when Jesus comes, he looks at me and he goes, "Oh, Lord is perfect." not Lloyd's perfection because my sins were taken by Jesus. It's Jesus. I'm hiding behind Him, and so God sees me through Jesus. He sees Jesus' perfection. Yep. Invites me into the kingdom. Jesus has saved me. Yep. Jesus has stood for me, and it is a beautiful, beautiful story. Hey, if you want to know no more about this beautiful subject about how Jesus saves you, contact me yep. and. Well, Hunty, text and or email, email. us. Can you give yep. us the details? All you have to do
2: is send the word, what do we say? Jesus. 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 Yeah. Send the word Jesus to us via a text message to zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or send the word Jesus via an email to us, info at aussiepastor.com and Pastor Lloyd and I, we will make sure you get... A very nice Bible study. Actually, we'll send you a link.
1: We'll send you a link. Link you into a a Bible Bible study study.
2: that will help you discover more on this amazing topic. It
1: is. It is. Let's pray. Lord, be with us now as we close this radio show. I just pray, Jesus, that some people who have listened will be able to see you and all your beauty because you are a beautiful God. Thank you for hearing our prayer in your name. Amen. 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 My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor. And over the road there, that's... (laughs) I'm And he's the tech boy. And And we love you. We do love you. But Jesus
2: loves you so So much much more. See you next time. See ya. Thanks
0: for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.